Welcome to Season 2 of The Dipshit Files. I'm Mr. Scriptkeeper. And I'm Mrs. Scriptkeeper. And this is Episode 53. Goddamn. Yeah. This is Year 2, I guess. Yes. So we'll call it a season. Yeah. And this one is about obscure cryptids of the United States. Right. So a bunch, right. of, bunch of silly shit. Uh-huh. And I guess we found out that every single state has a hairy guy. <laughs> It seems like it in my research. So I wanted to I wanted to stop by every state and talk about uh, find a cryptid for that state and, and discuss it. But they all have Bigfoot. You know, it would be so boring because everyone they call it different things. It might look different, be a different size, but monkey man again. It seems like everyone's got a primate. Everyone has a wolf. Everyone has a reptile. So you found the ones that not everybody has. Well, these are similar to those things, <laughs> yes. But these are individuals that we may, other, unless we live in these states, may otherwise never have heard of. And these hit the news. All of these did. Oh, so you can verify yes. at least the claims. <clears throat> exactly. All right. Yeah. Well, let's open up the dipshit files. All right. Across the North American continent, numerous creatures and beings have been and continue to be reported, which have so far evaded scientific detection, perhaps at least in the case for some of them intentionally. We tend to call these creatures cryptids in the field of their study, which is cryptozoology. North America, specifically the United States, seems to be the most significant cryptid hotbed in the world. We believe in a holy heap and hodgepodge of horseshit here. The public is well aware of many famous American cryptids. Mm. We've got Sasquatch, yep. the Jersey Devil, Mothman. Mm. But hidden behind these more famous cryptids are beings which are underrated, just as if not more interesting, Man. mysterious, total bullshit, and frightening. Don't go where bears live. Today, I'll be sharing a bit about these forgotten cryptids of North America. It's Re the Mister Fuggles episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's the family. It's you the know, it's a family it's reunion. It's cousin shit. I'll be reviewing the associated folklore and considering if maybe some of the witnesses of these creatures may in fact be telling the truth. I don't know. The answer to these is always drugs. And now, weird-ass cryptids from across the United States. <laughs> Lee County, South Carolina, July 1988. 17-year-old Christopher Davis is driving home from work at around 2 a.m. on a road near Swampland near his house. And nothing eventful occurred. However, runs into an issue. Oh, okay. He drives over something sharp, causing a flat tire and is forced to stop. Just as he finishes changing his tire, however, he hears a strange noise. He looks around and in the moonlight spots something much less ordinary about 25 yards away. A pair of creepy red eyes. As it approaches, it reveals itself to be a humanoid type figure, but it wasn't a person. It was something 
well, unexplainable. But still sexy. He described it as being about seven feet tall, hot, green, not a deal breaker, wet, that's a bonus, and scaly, lotion, with three fingers and a long black nails on each hand. That's pretty emo. Startled by the appearance of such a thing, Davis jumped in his car and tried to get the hell out of there, but he wasn't fast enough. And he immediately called David Icke. <laughs> in his rearview mirror, he saw a blur of green chasing after him, which somehow how managed to catch up to him even at speeds of close to 40 miles an hour. Well, it couldn't possibly be trees. The creature had managed to get on top of the car and clung to it as he sped off. They always do that. Why do monsters right? I don't know do why that? they jump on the car. Davis swerved back and forth and then braked suddenly, finally causing the creature to fly off. Classic move. He was only then able to escape this thing thing. Seven foot tall emo lizard. When he got home, he immediately showed the horrifying damage the creature had caused to his father. Mm. This was the first encounter with what would be known as the lizard man of scape or swamp. (laughs) Davis initially decided against reporting his encounter to anyone besides his father. Well, this is, what'd you do to the car? Look, Dad, it wasn't me. What do you mean it wasn't you? You were driving the car. No, it's a seven foot tall reptile. It was. Yeah, big emo fingernails. Well, we gotta report this immediately. Wait, so you're not mad at me? I'm just thankful you survived the reptile monster. Yeah, I'm starting to see now why Mom left you. Thanks. Two weeks later, however, on July 14th, another incident took place. Same kid, worked once. The Lee County Sheriff received a report that a car in nearby Browntown had been what was described as mauled during the night. A car mauling? Now, this was not a case of vandalism. Evidently, the car had tooth marks. Well, it could have been a Ford. Fords are delicious. And scratches all all along the top and side with hair and muddy footprints left at the scene. Hmm. Sheriff Liston Truesdale, Liston Truesdale, (laughs) began investigating, and it was then that a number of residents felt comfortable uh, to begin to report their own experiences and sightings of strange creatures. Right, comfortable to get some attention for themselves. When word reached Davis that Officer Truesdale was looking for information about any supposed creatures in the area... He became one of the boys that came to the yard enticed by milkshakes. He and his father spoke about his frightening experience. Milkshakes. Officer Truesdale believed Davis. I wouldn't. Davis even took a lie detector test administered by a private company, which he passed. Well, I would like a recount. The story was then released to the media Uh and became famous Mm. for having been reported in the news across the country and beyond. Yeah, Johnson, get in here. Yeah, what is it, boss? Yeah, I need you to look into this seven-foot-tall emo reptile alien. Wait, we're taking this serious? I'm putting you on it. Are you mad at me or something? Now the people eat this shit up. You sure you're not mad at me? Just give me something juicy. But it's obvious bullshit on its face. Give me something good you're fired. Is this about kissing Lisa at the Christmas party? Get out of here. Reporters flocked to Bishopville and Browntown. Many others, some of them were even armed, were interested in finding the monster and showing it to the world, dead or alive. And let the unintended consequences ensue. Now, real or not, local businesses jumped at the opportunity to begin selling Lizard Man merchandise. (laughs) As the days passed, more people reported encounters. Gotta get the sales up. Only some were actual sightings of the creature. Most were simply of damaged cars attributed to the monster. Car maulings are up. 5,000%. 5,000%. A local radio channel even offered a $1 million reward to anyone who could capture the beast.
beast. Oh, boy. This simply increased the amount of traffic and attention in the area. It was a smart thing to do, actually. They're like, well, that doesn't exist, so let's yeah. just put a million bucks right, on it. Right, right. But people flock to the area. Nah, that's how you fucking sell t-shirts, people. So about a month later, a local member of the Air Force named Kenneth Orr produced physical evidence he did scales mm. and blood which he claimed had come from the creature it turns out it was actually rocky road ice cream after he was successfully able to shoot random things and wound it near highway 15 give me my million bucks now when he faced charges for illegally carrying a handgun however <laughs> he retracted sure. his claims and admitted the evidence was fake oh. he stated his intention was simply to keep the legend alive not the money reports of the monster lessened as the summer ended but the legend did indeed remain alive however not everyone was convinced Thank goodness. benjamin radford a famous skeptic from new york was among a number of skeptics to dissect this case right, here come the weirdos one thing that stuck out to radford was that after such a fearsome battle with a seven-foot lizard man emo there was no evidence of damage to davis's car half-ass in the hoax furthermore officer truesdale claimed that one reason he believed davis was that he repeatedly told the same story which yeah. in his words you can't do when you're lying yeah yeah Radford discovered that this just wasn't true. Right. Davis's story did change over the following months and years. For example, he initially described the beast as scaly, whereas later it was covered in mud. So, you know, which is it? Furthermore, scaly mud. The scaly mud. There were other concerning details. Davis claims to have gotten a good look at the creature, but the area was absolutely dark with trees obscuring any moonlight. Liar. The creature approached him from the rear, hey where the only light emitted was from the red taillights, which weren't on when the creature was first observed. It would be difficult to describe anything with accuracy up close in those conditions, let alone something 25 to 50 yards away. It was either a bush or an alien monster beast from Mars. Although photographs of the area where Davis said he encountered the beast do appear treeless, so Radford may have that detail of the story wrong. But only that part. Also, oh God, there's more. Why did the creature that could move at such great speeds that it could catch up to a car doing 40 miles an hour take so long to approach Davis in the first place. And why, if it could run 40 miles an hour, why would it get on the car? I'd be like, <laughs> I'll just run until you guys go right. and stop. And, and well, and why did such an aggressive creature only pursue Davis in this way? Davis is the only person to have reported an attack. You could argue, especially given other reports of weird damage to cars, that Perhaps it was only interested in the car. Again, likely a delicious Ford. It and could be because these guys are all dipshits. Oh, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> and it was only interested in the car and chose to pursue him only as he took off. But then, why the car? So Eat the Ford. Surely it wouldn't take too many attempts to figure out that cars weren't the best source of food. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you, honey. What is it, eight long years of research now? Eight and a half. Well, with all that effort and the countless dollars that you spend of the taxpayers' money. Oh, so much. What did you figure out? Yeah, cars are not food. As for the lie detector test, well, they aren't nearly as reliable as is often believed. Right. It's also worth noting, as is the case with many cryptid stories, that movies featuring similar characters were popular roughly around the time of the experiences. Right. So skeptics argue that Davis encountered nothing more than a bear. Rude. Or that he simply made the whole thing up. Yeah. 
If there was, in fact, damage to the car, some have suggested that the whole thing was a typical teenage cover story to explain away any shenanigans Davis had gotten into that night. Right. We were partying on the right, roof of the right. car, got it kind of scratched whoops, up. Whoops. Kind of yeah. looked like, you know, maybe a reptile. I told him to wear deck shoes, and yeah, it scratched. But anyways, huh. well, perhaps not a typical one, but a cover story nonetheless. They had to tell the insurance guy something. Um, an interesting explanation, though, is that he did encounter someone. Right. A local farmer named Lucius Elmore Lucius. lived nearby at the time and was evidently angry about thieves in the area. I'm going out of my way to try not to piss off guys named Lucius. Lucius. Farmer Elmore had reportedly made it clear to neighbors that he intended to stay up all night guarding his recently purchased air conditioning unit. Lucius. Now, these were quite valuable in South Carolina in July. The area where Davis stopped that night was about 100 yards from Farmer Elmore's property. Uh A local man named Al Holland stated that Elmore claimed he and his dog actually pursued a thief that night. And when the thieves were caught, Lucius stole their souls and fucking ate them. Lucius. Remember that it was reported by Davis to the police about two or three weeks after it happened. Okay. Now, if Davis mistook the farmer for his, and his dog for a monster, he would have panicked and fled. And in his rearview mirror, perhaps he would have seen the farmer's glasses illuminated by his red taillights. Damn, Lucius. Did Farmer Elmore jump on his car and run after him at a superhuman speed of 40 miles an hour? (laughs) Yes. Probably not, but... Ranger Jim would have. Skeptics like like Radford point out that the details of whatever he thought was on his car were extremely ambiguous and that he never actually saw the creature fall off. It's possible Davis could simply have hit a branch and, in a panic, assumed that the beast was on the roof of his car. Ultimately, though, he did admit it could have been a bear or even something else. I don't know. Do do bears do that? I don't know. Run at 40 miles an hour. I know, right? Jump on (laughs) car. The bear's gaining on us. Oh, Oh, oh oh fuck. It's on the roof, dude. Oh, what's it want? Oh, fuck. I think it might want this picnic basket. (laughs) You got a picnic basket in there for sure, motherfucker. He's a young kid, so, you know, he's being swayed in one direction or another. Maybe he was lying, and so he's just trying to, like, downplay it. Christopher Davis, though, stuck with his story. For the rest of his life, however, Book deal? he passed away in 2009. If there were more to his story, he may have taken it to the grave. However, overall, there does remain more to the Lizard Man story. In 2015, there were more reports that included photographs of the monster taken by individuals who only gave their first names, if anything. I bet they weren't good photographs. You can find these online. But they are typical, blurred, and obscure shapes, so it's really tough to say what the fuck they are. But these pictures suggest to some believers that the creature lives on. Knock it off right now. Regardless of what's out there, bears, Farmer Elmore, or undiscovered creatures, local officials remind visitors to be extra careful around the scape or swamp. To this day. I wonder what David Icke thinks of this. All right, next story. Here's a story in West Virginia about the Flatwoods Monster. <laughs> Flatwoods is a town in Braxton County, West Virginia, and is home to less than 300 people when this story took place. Okay. This little town might not have stood out against the many similar towns throughout the region were it not for this really weird display next to the town hall. Orgies? It's a wooden chair no, featuring, no. Uh, well, not orgies. the creature that's rumored to have once terrified local town folks. 
Some call it the Green Monster. Not if you're a Red Sox fan. Others, the Phantom of Flatwoods or the Braxton County Creature, but most commonly, it's known as the Flatwoods Monster. (laughs) The incident happened nearly 70 years ago, yet it still haunts residents to this day. I.e. t-shirt sales. On the evening of September 12th, 1952, three to five boys, including Fred and Edward May, saw a bright, unrecognizable, fiery red object cross the sky at dusk. Ooh, it's got a UFO connected to it. Yeah, well, they were playing at the local schoolyard when this happened. Now, it's important to note that there are many variations to this story. The boys claimed that eventually this object, whatever it was, landed on a hill on local farmland, appearing, in fact, to have crashed. Confused and then startled by what they were witnessing, the boys ran home to tell Fred and Edward's mother, Kathleen May. According to some reports, she and one of her friends had been having coffee and were listening to the radio around the time the boys said the crash occurred. And she claimed that it had violently shaken the house and interfered with the radio for 45 minutes afterwards. Well, fuck that UFO. I'm missing my stories. Upon hearing the boys' story, she called on a local National Guardsman, oh, good. 17-year-old what? Eugene Lemon. What, he joined the military that day? To join them in investigating the supposed crash site. As night fell, Kathleen May, her two sons, and their friend Gene Lemon set out in the direction of the incident. As they approached the area they believed the crash had occurred, the group saw a pulsing red light off in the distance. As they moved uphill, a strong odor began to fill the air, an odor that they said burned their nostrils and their eyes. It was described as a metallic smell, kind of like sulfur. According to a newspaper article from 1955, one of them claimed to have seen a ball of fire about 100 yards away. Burning bushes. Though this was not recounted by all of the other witnesses. Timmy was on peyote. As they drew closer, their attention was drawn to the trees. Now, among the trees, Gene Lemon saw the eyes of what he thought was a possum or a raccoon. He shined his flashlight on it to get a better look. And it was at this point that they witnessed something that they did not expect. The group described it as a a large figure, roughly 10 feet tall. Okay. Though it was estimated to be anywhere between 7 and 17 feet tall. What? I know. It had a round red face with a hood or some sort of head ornament shaped like an ace of spades. Anyone know if there was a radon deposit nearby? Well, Kathleen May, the mom, she said it kind of the headpiece or whatever it was looked like an ace of spades. It had two round eyes which emitted a kind of greenish orange like light. Was it the avatar? Light also emerged from behind the head and on the lower portion of the body. I think these cunts found the avatar. Well, Mrs. May claimed that the eyes glowed in the dark like flashlights before they had even observed the body. Oh, flashlight face. It had a dark green body or like clothing which resembled a metal dress that again, according to Mrs. May, hung in folds and then it also had claws. So it was really strange sounding. (laughs) However, they only got a brief glance, which may have been obscured by whatever mist was in the air. So there were different descriptions offered by the witnesses, none of them claiming to have gotten a really good look at the face or much of the rest of the body. Well, no offense to them, but that's some low quality witnessing. It was originally stated that it was leaning against the tree, but later newspapers claimed that it had been levitating. Why not? (laughs) 
Okay. Gotta love the media. Yeah. Uh, Sell that copy. Either way, as the creature was spotted, it rose up into the air, All right. screeched, and flew over the group, releasing a strong blast of the stench they had smelled <laughs> on the way up. Take that! <laughs> That's crop crop dusting. (laughs) Lemon, startled, dropped his flashlight, and then the group ran off. Now, all of them made it home safely. However, following the event, they were all reported feeling sick with symptoms such as nausea, vomiting, restless leg syndrome, throat irritation, anal leakage. Lemon's symptoms were reportedly so severe that he later suffered convulsions and was hospitalized. Now, it's not clear where that claim came from. And others say he only suffered from vomiting. So it's really hard to say. Hmm. That sounds like Angus socks. I was, well, <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like drugs. Yeah, it does. Uh, the group attributed All their this sim- sounds like drugs. <laughs> the group attributed their symptoms to the mysterious mist that was heavily present that night. Yeah, that came from their crack bongs. Well, no. they quickly reported the incident to local authorities, and Sheriff Robert Carr decided to take a closer look into the claims after he returned from investigating reports elsewhere of a plane crash. The local authorities investigated the area, but saw, smelled, and heard nothing. The area was also visited by A. Lee Stewart, the owner of a newspaper called the Braxton Democrat. What about taking my guns? Stewart claimed he did encounter the nauseating smell. The following morning at approximately 6.30 a.m., a local anonymous school official claimed to have seen an unidentified flying object take off from the area. Hmm. Stewart returned to investigate the area for himself in the morning, discovering tracks and what he described as an odd black gummy substance on the ground. It was gum. Whatever had happened, one thing was immediately clear. This was strange. Again, because of the crack bombs. Officials, newspapers, and UFO investigators like Gray Barker of Fate Magazine and Ivan Sanderson, who quickly came to the area, began questioning the townsfolk and investigating further. Phone calls flooded the formerly quiet town, and it became a national sensation. As time passed, hundreds would arrive to the area to investigate and talk to the witnesses. A minister even came to see if the incident was identical to the one which he had dreamt about in the past. Oh, gosh. <laughs> right? Golly. The next step after that is seer stones and magic hats and golden tablets. Gradually. It's a slippery slope. More intriguing information would come to the surface. Evidently, there were others who claimed to have experienced similar things around the time of the event. One independent investigator, William Smith, discovered that 11 miles away from the area, a 21-year-old woman had been hospitalized just prior to this incident after being exposed to the same odor and reportedly seeing the same creature. Hmm. Additionally, not long before the incident, a, a woman named Miss Adora Harper and a friend of hers claimed to have seen a very similar creature while walking through the woods near her home in nearby Heaters, West Virginia. She said they saw a ball of fire on one of the hills in the distance. However, she dismissed it as at first believing it was a light from a fox hunter. However, when she looked again, she claimed the light had vanished and in its place stood a tall, dark silhouette of a human-like shape figure. The women were terrified and they ran from the area. That's fair. Another incident was reported to have occurred the day after the original incident, about 20 miles south in Strange Creek. (laughs) A couple named George and Edith Snatowski 
along with their 18-month-old son, were driving in a rural area that night when their car suddenly just died. Mr. Snitowski could not figure out why the car had stopped, nor was he able to get it started again. Was it good with cars? I don't know. I'd be that guy. I, too. Know. Like, I don't know why. I don't know. We put and, the key in the thing and, and you step on the accelerometrics. <laughs> Maybe he didn't know shit. As he about struggled cars. with it, it is said a foul odor filled the air and a bright light emerged from the darkness. After a few seconds, it was described as a 10-foot-tall reptilian and bony creature could be seen approaching their car. It then leaned over the couple's car, dragged its hand over the roof, and then it re-entered the woods and disappeared. You got to think that insurance adjusters, the the claims people, they hear some pretty interesting. I know, shit, but this is probably one of the top. Well, evidently, the car started up, started right up without a problem as soon as a creature disappeared. Just after the nick of time. However, the couple would not report this story for a few years, okay. so they ha- they kept it to themselves. I wouldn't report it either. People think I was crazy. Right. So, what was going on here? Bongs and. It's difficult to say. Many who have researched the story, primarily Dr. Joan Nickel of the Committee of Skeptical Inquiry, well, they remain skeptical. I'm with them. To start, it's difficult to establish what exactly happened. Different newspapers report different variations of the story, as newspapers tend to do. Mm. But more concerning is the fact that each of the witnesses had somewhat different accounts of the story as well. Mainly with the description of this creature. Mainly with the main part. Lemon saw a face shaped like a man's. Mrs. May saw an ace of spades shaped hood behind it. Ace of spades. She was also the one who claimed to be able to describe the bottom half of the creature. She was checking out its booty. Likewise, one of the boys claimed to have seen a ball of fire that no one else saw. Crack bongs. The History Channel states that it was reported that some of the trees had been singed by the fireball, but that's probably something that would have been easily noticed by everyone. And Giorgio Tsoukalos of the History Channel is pretty sure it's aliens. (laughs) Yet that wasn't reported by anyone, even people who appear to have been fine with fictionalizing the story a bit. So it was never reported. Only the History Channel stated that. Right. When so much of a story rests on eyewitness testimony, it's best that there are no difference in the stories. Or worse, contradictions. But what about physical evidence produced? Well, the tracks and strange black gooey material were later proven to have come from a truck of someone going over to investigate the area for themselves prior to the arrival of the newspaper owner. Hmm. With regard to the initial observation of the burning aircraft, Dr. Nickel points out that it's very likely a meteor. Boom. Not coincidentally, a meteor was also observed in nearby Pennsylvania and Maryland on that same evening. Well, shit. Though some actually claimed a UFO flew over this area as well. So there's that. Aliens. Additionally, the plane crash that Sheriff Robert Carr was investigating elsewhere likely stemmed from this sighting as well. Dr. Nichols points out that aircraft beacons, which are red and pulsing, were also visible from that area. As for the sighting of the monster itself, skeptics looked into the creature that has terrified many inhabitants throughout the world for centuries and has given birth to a myriad of stories. They have all collectively decided it's owls. Hmm. 
In this case, a barn owl. They are creepy when you're <laughs> out there in the dark. Well, the description of the creature claimed that it had a round red face with check. an ace of spades type headdress or maybe head shape. Owly, check. With large glowing eyes, two small claws for hands. Check. A check. long green dress or body. I mean, I don't know about wearing dresses for an owl, I but know, well, fair. well, it was possibly holding something and was anywhere from seven, hold things. seven to 17 feet tall. <laughs> That's quite the range. Yeah. Now, it's quite possible that this was merely an owl on a branch. Mm-hmm. Owls' eyes glow when the light is shined onto them. Barn owls have faces similar to the one described, and female barn owls in particular have somewhat reddish faces. Nice. The owl's talons could have been mistaken for the creature's arms. The long green dress that the creature supposedly wore, which was never described in detail, by the way, could have simply been green plant life below it. Right. Which, when viewed only by a flashlight, can make the figure appear much larger than it really was. Yeah, stupid. Sorry. Likewise, the behavior of the creature described when it was spotted, that it screeched and flew at them, is what you would expect from a frightened owl. Or a pissed off one. Now, all of this happened within about 10 seconds in either the complete dark or extremely poor lighting. Now, what does stand out, however, is the noxious gas reported to have been in the area. Some have claimed that the symptoms supposedly caused by this gas are consistent with those of mustard gas poisoning. Hmm. However, others claim that the symptoms are similar to those of hysteria (laughs) and that the smell of which may have indeed been real was not connected to the symptoms later induced by the hysteria. It may have just been the smell of local vegetation. That's the dookie flower. It's also worth noting that extraterrestrials and UFOs weren't exactly an obscure topic in this time. Right. 1952 was referred to as the Summer of Saucers. Which is not as good as the Summer of Love, but better than the Summer of Napkins. This was a time when there was great excitement about what could possibly await mankind in space. In fact... The first man would be sent into space less than a decade after this event. Old Yuri Gagarin. On the topic of men from other worlds, sci-fi was booming, and incidents like that at Roswell were very recent. Crazy time. With how little was known about space during this time, many sane and intelligent people legitimately wondered if we were, in fact being visited by extraterrestrials. We do have good pastries. Simply put, these folks likely had extraterrestrial invaders on their mind Mm -hmm. from the moment they saw something strange in the sky. Well, if I ever see a UFO, no one will ever take me serious because I like the ancient alien show. And also all the dick jokes. The aforementioned Frank Passini, along with many other enthusiasts, claims that there was a cover-up story encouraged by the government Mm -hmm. as a part of a disinformation campaign to subdue fears of extraterrestrial invasion. It's been 70 years of the basic. I know, it's all the same stuff. Which is why so many people, including those of Flatwood, stopped taking it so seriously. However, it seems more likely that the story was debunked because it wasn't very credible to Hmm. begin with. The variety of exciting and exaggerated stories published by newspapers across the world suggests that the government wasn't very efficient at any supposed cover-up anyway. (laughs) You could have just stopped if the government wasn't very efficient. (laughs) In fact, the group themselves took the possibility into consideration that it was just an owl that scared them, you know? Mm Finally, the incidents surrounding the event, such as the meeting between the creature and the Snotowskis, and 
the sighting of Miss Harper and her friend have also been drawn into question. When something exciting is reported, it's very common for people to come out of the woodworks to claim that they too saw something before or in the months following the incident. Sometimes it's honesty and looking for support. Sometimes individuals are looking for comfort and and validation. Other times it may be that these fresh, exciting incidents encourage witnesses to believe something that they only vaguely saw was more remarkable than they thought. Often, however, it's bullshit. <laughs> as we've just seen with the scape or lizard man, it's an opportunity for members of a community to jump on the incident and have their 15 minutes of fame too. Because they're dipshits. So they make something up. You know, they just want the attention. Some would claim that this has just too many coincidences. Others would claim the simplest and therefore most likely explanation. Either way, what actually, whatever actually happened, the monster has not been seen again since 1952. Right. Were it actually an extraterrestrial? No. Nope. It doesn't appear to have enjoyed its stay in wild, wonderful West Virginia. Right. While the Flatwoods monster is frequently categorized as a cryptid, it possibly fits better into the category known as Bullshit. ufology. Oh, okay. The study of UFOs and extraterrestrials outside of scientific astrobiology. Hmm. So, however, the lines between the two fields are not often clear. They can come together in what's known as bullshit. (laughs) With some. Likewise, claiming that certain cryptids like Bigfoot or El Chupacabras are actually extraterrestrial in origin. So, All right. Well, that makes me want another story. Give me another one. And now we take our cryptid special to the state of Illinois. Our next experience takes place in Enfield, Illinois, on April 25th, 1973. A small town with a population of less than a thousand. Mm. So on this very windy night at around 9.30 p.m., 60-year-old resident Henry McDaniel and his wife Lil returned home and were informed by their children that they believed that something had been trying to get into the house while they were out. Not ideal. Later, Henry McDaniel heard what he claimed was scratching noises on his door. Not a fan. When he went to investigate, he found, according to some reports, that the screen on the door had been torn and that a slimy substance had been left near the scratch marks. It was ejaculate. He then saw what he assumed was a bear out in the yard. He was wanking it. He went, grabbed his flashlight and a pistol, and went out to get a better look. However, when he came within about eight feet of the creature, he was able to shine his flashlight on it. And the light revealed a creature far different from a bear or any other creature ever seen. It was a short, grayish, hairy, by some reports, almost human-like body. Okay. Stood about four or five feet tall. Okay. It had two tiny arms and pink eyes, which glowed as brightly as a flashlight, which Mr. McDaniel compared to truck reflectors. Was it a robot? McDaniel shot at the creature and was able to hit it at least once, which caused it to hiss in a way he described similar to a wildcat. He said it then hopped away. Hopped away. Okay. <laughs> hopped away, covering 50 to 75 feet in just three hops. Hmm. This was the first sighting of the Enfield monster, also called the Enfield Horror. Crocky fuck. Once the creature had fled, McDaniel immediately called the police. 
When they arrived, they spoke to McDaniel and claimed that he appeared very rational and sober. For once. It was then that investigators discovered footprints that they didn't recognize, saying they resembled a dog's print, but actually had six toe pads. They also discovered bits of hair near where the creature had been standing. Were there any titty prints in there? How many titty prints were there? Booby prints. Booby prints. Additionally, they also observed scratch marks left on the house. However, they weren't able to find the creature responsible for making them. Cryptids be elusive. McDaniel, unable to think of what else it could have been, claimed it must have been an extraterrestrial and that (laughs) were it found, though he only saw one himself, he felt certain that there would be more. Kind of like mice or rats. I love that. The alien invasion is coming and it started at his house. The incident took an immediate hold on the media, being discussed throughout Illinois as well as throughout the whole country. About 60 people gathered on the McDaniel property to discuss the event. However, according to the Reading Eagle newspaper, which reported it at the time, though nearly everyone talked about it, very few locals actually believed him. I know I don't. Two weeks later, on May 6th, Uh Mr. McDaniel claimed to have seen the creature again. This time, after having been awakened by the neighbor's dog's barking. And very hungover. This time, he merely observed it as it walked along a nearby railroad track somewhere, sometime around three in the morning. They were both drunk. Later on that day, Mr. McDaniel called the local radio station, WWKI, to inform them of the incident. WWKI's director, Rick Rainbow, Freaked out. arrived at the area near McDaniel's house with a search party Weirdos. and went off to investigate. Overzealously. Evidently, the search party found the creature and observed it in broad daylight in an abandoned building near McDaniel's house. Okay. They said it appeared ape-like. And it was purple. And even claimed to have recorded the calls that the creature was making. I think you need a warrant for that. Sorry. These recordings, however, were never released to the public. Hmm. Uh-huh. They then shot at the creature, but missed, causing it to escape. Another win for human cryptid relations? During and after these incidents, there were other sightings, but were revealed they were revealed to be hoaxes and just basic silliness on the part of the witnesses. That's how you sell the t-shirts. Still, Mr. McDaniel's sightings remain unexplained. Crackbong. As locals took greater interest at the story, many outsiders flocked to the town to see if they could see it for themselves including cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman. Bring in the nerds. Concerned by the growing attention and sheer number of people coming on into this town, many of whom were quite excited and posed the risk of causing trouble, the local sheriff, Roy Posthard Jr., tried to get McDaniel to quiet down about what he'd seen. Not long after, five armed young men were arrested for shooting at an unidentified gray monkey-like thing in the woods. Oh, boy. They claimed to have the intention of shooting and capturing the beast. Well, people are good at killing animals. So this led locals to be concerned that someone could eventually be hurt in all this chaos. Probably animals. Naturally, leading the sheriff to become even more frustrated with McDaniel. We're all frustrated with McDaniel. The excitement would soon die down, though. Oh, fuck the t-shirt sales. Though Mr. McDaniel claimed that others had seen it, in the end, there were only three first-hand eyewitness accounts, two of which were from Mr. McDaniel and the other coming from the radio team. Unless you count the half-serious report of the five young men in the woods. I do. How dare you? The creature's not been seen since. 
So what happened here? Dipshittery. Mr. McDaniel remained adamant that he had seen some something bizarre, something he thought was an extraterrestrial. He was also very adamant that Burt Reynolds should play him in a movie about his life. He liked that. Skeptics weren't so sure, but no. even some of the explanations they offered were rather odd. Well, we skeptics are cunts. So was it all just a hoax? Yeah. Well. I don't like that look in your eye. Maybe not. I mean, I do. The presence of tracks, hair, and damage to the house, along with certain elements of the story suggests that Mr. McDaniel really did see and encounter something on that spring night. A bear with the mange. Furthermore, Mr. and Mrs. McDaniel weren't exactly benefiting from all the fame they received, given that much of it was negative. we got to learn to monetize that shit, though. Get an agent, probably. The town evidently, the whole town evidently thought he was crazy, and the local sheriff threatened him with jail time if he didn't stop talking about his experience. However, the fact that he went out of his way to report it to a radio station the second time suggests that he wasn't exactly opposed to the attention Mm. either. And wasn't necessarily afraid of the sheriff. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, what do you, what do you so get him on? skeptics turned to the variety of animals in the area for an explanation. The bear that McDaniel initially thought he had seen remained one viable candidate, along with many other animals. But ultimately, no local animals precisely fit the description. The closest to some was a kangaroo. <laughs> now, you don't get many kangaroos in southern Illinois, so no. it wasn't exactly an explanation many people turned to immediately. But then came a letter from Alan Yorkshire of Illyria, Ohio. And he's like, my kangaroo got out. He claimed to have had a pet kangaroo, oh. which went missing around this time. <laughs> he thought it was possible that the kangaroo had made his way to McDaniel's house and the that they may have that he may have been what he observed that night. I feel like a kangaroo just fucking around in Illinois would cause kind of a problem. It was said that the creature moved by hopping. Hippity hoppity. It was also said that it had three legs and short arms. Mm. Now, the tail of the kangaroo could have been mistaken for a third leg. Oh, it's big wiener. But that's <laughs> so Yorkshire offered a $500 reward for the kangaroo's return. However, as it happened, Mr. McDaniel... A bunch of people shot at it, so... Right. Well, as it happened, Mr. McDaniel had also apparently once owned a pet kangaroo. Hmm. He had a pet kangaroo. Good God. He was stationed in Australia while in the military, where he briefly owned one... ...and had become quite familiar with them, and therefore concluded that this creature was definitely not a kangaroo. Oh, wow. What are the odds of that? I know. Furthermore, an anthropologist examined the tracks and concluded that they were not kangaroo tracks. It's a giant wallaby. An anthropology graduate from the University of Illinois claims that it could have been an ape, stating that apes have been observed in the area ever since 1941... Though apes are not native to the region either, so that begs the question of where the hell would it have come from? The zoo? A lab? The incident became the subject of a case study undertaken by students at the University of Illinois, headed by David L. Miller, looking at, quote, collective action following unusual events, end quote. They, too, concluded that it was likely a natural animal, perhaps an exotic one that Mr. McDaniel had experienced. It may have also been diseased, mutated, or an injured animal, or perhaps it was something else entirely. Ultimately, we may never know. The creature seems to have come and gone and has not been reported in the area since the incident nearly 50 years ago. Well, crocky fuck, let's do another story. Now let's take our cryptid adventure to the state of Kentucky. 
Now, our next story is in Louisville, Kentucky. There's a haunting railroad trestle here which crosses over nearby Pope Lick Creek, which locals warn not to venture towards on foot. Because of the frisky popes. The trestle has been the scene of a number of unfortunate deaths, some of which have been attributed to unnatural forces Mm -hmm. and a supposed resident under the bridge who may wield them. (laughs) (laughs) Some say it lures unsuspecting victims to the tracks with hypnosis or by mimicking the calls of children crying for help, leading them to be killed by passing cars. Mm. Others claim that it kills the victims itself with a blood-stained axe or by holding them down in front of a train by reaching out from under the tracks and grabbing anyone who crosses them. (laughs) Kind of like the creature under the bed. Right. Still, others say that the sight of the creature itself is so horrible and disturbing that it just drives all who see it to take their own lives. Whatever, I'm beautiful. The creature is described as part goat, part human... (laughs) And or perhaps part sheep. Likewise, the origin tale of the Popelick monster or the Kentucky goat man Pope-lick. also varies. Some <laughs> say Popelick goat boy. Oh, That's going up there. Popelick goat boy. <laughs> Some say that it was a circus freak that escaped and took up residence in the area following an accident in which the train on which it held, which it was held, it had crashed. Right. Others say that it was brought into this world as the reincarnated form of a local Kentucky farmer who performed an evil ritual to acquire satanic powers. I I came back as the Pope (laughs) Goat Boy. These are great satanic Um, powers. As mentioned, the bridge has indeed been the scene of numerous deaths and injuries. Whether there's a supernatural influence at play or not, A number of people have wandered onto the bridge and found that when a train is coming, there is not much room or time to escape. Shouldn't probably be on a train bridge. Probably not. Yeah, a trestle. Hmm. The most recent incident being in May of 2019, when tragically a train struck a 15-year-old girl. Accordingly, officials have fenced off the area and warned the trespassing will carry significant consequences. The local fire chief, Sean F. Driesbach, warns that escaping is not as easy as it seems in movies. And despite rumors that the bridge is abandoned, it is in fact used every day. I'll get that info out. Despite the legends associated with events, no one has ever come forth publicly to report having seen the goat monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louis Mem is another name that the, it goes Louis Mem, Louis Mem. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce it. That's the monster's name? It's, a, it's another one. They, it's, yeah, it's another thing. Okay. Whatever the goat man of Popelick Creek is, legend, abomination, or a satanic presence, <laughs> it's not alone. Legends of goat man type creatures are present across the country. Crazy. There's, there's a frightening tale of a half goat half-human-like creature which comes from Beltsville, Maryland as well. Does that mean there's a lot of goat fucking across the I don't. I don't yeah. know. Is that what that would mean? Likewise, this creature is said to be a murderous menace. According to one legend, the creature was formed by accident when a scientist at a local Beltsville Agricultural Research Center was performing <laughs> experiments on goats. With his wiener. <laughs> one evening, the experiments backfired and the scientist was turned into a goat himself <laughs> right, right. So now enraged over his new form, he is sometimes seen roaming the area, attacking travelers at night. 
It especially, just decades, yeah. especially teenagers. It's <laughs> not <laughs> kids, right? Fuck you, kids. So the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center, however, has completely dismissed the legends. Speaking of legends, here's two more quick ones. Let's finish this crazy shit off with West Virginia and Texas. Why not? Eh? So there's also the, the get this. There's also the sheep squatch. <laughs> yep, sheep squatch, also known as the white thing of southwestern West Virginia, primarily sheep in squatch. Boone County. Wow. The first reports of sheep squatch began in 1994 when a member of the Navy reported seeing a strange creature in the woods. Hmm. It's generally described as a white ram-like quadruped, roughly the size of a bear. You know, bear says. With a long hairless tail, long saber-like teeth, and a sulfur-like smell, and a horrible, disturbing screech. Hmm. Cute. Over time, however, the image of the sheep squatch has changed. And many depictions of it now show a biped, a, a kind of mix between a ram and a Sasquatch. Yes. Perhaps because the legends have been altered from the original reports. It is more interesting if it's run around on two legs. Right. <laughs> so the creature's been said to be aggressive with numerous witnesses claiming they were attacked by it. Ah, oh, sheep squatch. Finally, there's the Lake Worth monster of Fort Worth, Texas. What you got, Texas? The incident surrounding this creature, which took place in July of 1969, was so real to residents that it resulted in a police investigation and even photographic evidence. Yeah, but they still live there, so... Right. Well, there were evidently reports in the area of Lake Worth, specifically near Greer Island, ever since May of that year of a strange white goat-human hybrid terrorizing visitors. (laughs) But the police generally laughed off these incidents as nonsense. Hey, fuck you. On July 9th, 1969, however... Their perspective changed. That's right, bitch. Six people reported being attacked by the beast while visiting the area together. We were all together in the car. Why would someone mock Goat Boy? Drugs. I think it was drugs. Right, drugs. According to them, at around midnight, the creature leapt (laughs) from the trees onto their car. (laughs) It's always doing that. I know. And then tried to grab at a woman. (laughs) However, the group was able to get the fuck out of there before the monster could grab them. Come back here, you guys. Petrified, they immediately reported the incident to the police. Real quick, the monster can time it right. To mm-hmm. jump onto a car, mm-hmm. moving cars often. Uh, 40 it, miles an hour. It's always missing. I know. Like, just, oh, they just oh, move I out just of the way the real woman. quick. Yeah. Well, they, they immediately reported this incident to the police and showed them an 18 inch gash on the side of the car, which at the time belonged to Mr. John Rickhart. Okay. The next day, the police went out to investigate, and as the story made headlines, they were followed by people looking to catch a sighting of report on and or for some armed visitors to hunt and kill the beast. Not good boy. On the night of July 10th, with perhaps 40 people gathered in one area, the creature did not disappoint <laughs> and made another appearance on top of a cliff where it cl- where everyone it claimed that it screeched and <laughs> threw a car tire <laughs> at the crowd, causing them to panic and disperse. That'd be fucking <laughs> alright. <laughs> then in autumn came the photograph. Oh, I'm sure it's high quality too. On November 19th, Alan Plaster and two friends were driving around the area at 1.30 in the morning when they saw the creature stand up across the road. Hey, can I get a ride? As it fled the area, Mr. Plaster was Plaster was able to snap a photograph. Right. 
or that shows nothing. Of course, the image is grainy it's and always, obscure. Mm, yeah. But even after this, Mr. Plaster himself was not convinced it was a creature at all. Mm. Years later, when telling his story, he stated that he believed it to have, he believed it to have been a prank, mm. and that whatever it was, it seemed to it wanted to be seen is how it appeared to him look at me i don't know if i'd want to do a prank like that out in the woods because people are they'll shoot you yeah (laughs) i mean i think that's why there's less pranks all the would-be hoaxers were killed by hunters well sightings of the monster waned after this november report Alan Plaster was not alone in his skepticism. Yeah, we're all with you, buddy. Indeed, in the years since, numerous people evidently have called and written letters, some of which were anonymous, claiming that they were the monster of 1969, or at least they had some involvement in the incident. You dickhead trolls. With, with some suspecting that perhaps at least one of them is telling the truth. Indeed, it has been pointed out that the sightings of the beast, which began in the summer and began to wane in the fall would have been what you'd expect from a teenager who was keeping himself entertained in the summer right. but found less time for shenanigans during the school season. Well, dog bless him, his prank is part of American folklore forever. The police were also never able to find evidence of the monster's existence. <laughs> However, others like cryptozoologist Craig Woolheader Woolheader mm-hmm. believe that the monster who himself is a cryptid obviously <laughs> he believed the monster was real and may have simply been an undiscovered species of primate passing through the area just out for a stroll the incident in which the tire was thrown took place when it was dark a group claiming to have been responsible for the hoax claimed that what appeared to be the goat man throwing a tire was actually them rolling it off a cliff hmm. So, whatever the origin of the Lake Worth monster, its legend seems to have been cemented in local folklore, Meh. cryptids, and related legendary creatures. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the incidents are merely laughed off as pranks or imagination. Right. Sometimes they become icons of tiny, obscure towns, and sometimes the incidents associated with them are left unexplained and leave genuine scientists baffled about what happened. Most of the time, it's just a bunch of dipshits. Sorry. For, for, <laughs> for cryptozoological investigations to be taken seriously, they must be done scientifically. Mm-hmm. This means presenting all sides of a debate equally and favoring the conclusions with the greatest evidence. The burden of proof is generally on the claimant, not mm-hmm. the skeptic. Mm-hmm. So, this is just another collection of obscure stories of real happenings with a not totally explained outcome. It was drugs. What are your thoughts? Drugs. Definitely drugs. Let's talk about it after this. So what sort of conclusions did our dipshits come up with for this bullshittery? <laughs> so what did we learn today? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of dipshits out there. There's a lot of dipshits out there. And they see things that, that yeah. know, we can't prove at all. Well, eyewitness accounts are, we already know, are very Worth unreliable. Very little, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I like the idea that there are individuals out there investigating this stuff. Yeah, it should be investigated. For um, sure. But I would like, you got to do it from a very scientific standpoint. You know, you got to be able to gather evidence. And if there isn't any evidence, then likely it never happened and it was an imaginary thing or somebody's just being a fucking dipshit. Right. 
The other thing is, when teenagers claim that uh, a goat, hairy goat man jumped on their car and caused all the damage <laughs> from the side swipe they did when they weren't paying attention. That's fine, but when mom and dad are like, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a hairy child, what? My child wouldn't have driven through a forest <laughs> or something would, and fucked up the car. They would never lie to me about right. my car. Yeah. yeah, ask teachers how honest your little angels are. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, um, I these don't know. These were fun. I mean, it's uh, these were obscure little furry things. They're obscure stories. Goat and creatures. So and in my, in my research... Um, I wanted to, my goal was to stop off at each state and find a cryptid to do from each state. Mm -hmm. Um, The challenge that I've been faced with, and I've mentioned this in another episode, uh, is that every state, I would be repeating myself, Mm -hmm. because every state seems to have a Sasquatch. Every state has... Uh, uh, some type of wolf a giant snake uh, a reptile, a reptile. Yeah. there's yeah. a reptile there's a, a hairy man beast and there's a wolf of some kind a right. dog thing yeah and i don't want to continue repeating myself right it would be impossible to do state by state right That's, when i do the david Nang show i find that too because i try right. and hit cryptids but i thought i thought like, well, it's a i thought it? sheep squatch was pretty funny that's <laughs> pretty great <laughs> Imagine seeing that big well, you know, sheep on two legs, right? Although well, four legs. The other one was the UFO, the the UFO combination. Um, of We've seen that, that before on the show. We've mm-hmm. done that a couple times where it's a, it's a crypto, a, a cryptid with a, a UFO. Yeah, exactly. It's so like, well, I don't know. I thought these were interesting. How many these, fucking aliens crash into our goddamn planet? Do they realize how big the fucking universe is? I know. I know. Just, somebody's, somebody's not using their blinker out there. It must be real important. We must have something real important here. Some <laughs> element that's important. Either that or we're just entertainment. It's, yeah. It's we're just, like a giant ant farm. They're like, look at the ants. They're here for our TikTok. Look at their fighting. Yeah. Well, look at them. Look I, at them bicker. They just, they're shaking the glass. I know. <laughs> like, oh, they're like, shake it up. Yeah, dicks. Well, Ooh, shake it up. Okay. Anyways, sorry, my brain went somewhere else. <laughs> All right. Well, we had our fun time. Yes. We went across the country. We did. We found out that there's some weird shit in a hairy, goat, a hairy goat man and, uh, and in West Virginia mm-hmm. and all over the place. There's there's a bridge troll. <laughs> that grabs at your ankles and holds you down so trains will run you over. Do you have any, do you think anything, any of this is true in any way? Uh, no, I don't think so. Like? No, I don't. Right. Um, I, I, I don't. So it's drugs. It's no, mainly it, drugs. This, when I was putting this together, it absolutely was just ludicrous. Yeah. There wasn't any supporting evidence at all Mm. and the other part that i found entertainment in is how the media ran with it yeah it's never changed right they're like been bad at their jobs they've always spun (laughs) shit bad so it's yeah they're the dipshits once again yeah yeah really it's a all-around dipshits well they're more of a dipshit than the teenagers pulling pranks rolling tires off of things because Because that's why we're talking about it still the teenagers are doing it because they're like hee hee the media is doing it because they're like yeah we need to make money yeah let's sell some newspapers right we we haven't had anything cool since we will destroy everyone's lives for the funding credulity is fun we have a bunch of credulous neighbors shooting at fucking you know uh, dogs in the woods know. that'll be great well then we have people running around with the, in the woods trying to catch the creature mm-hmm. shooting anything that moves it gets mm-hmm. it's just dumb it is uh, it's kind of the nature of what we do yeah i know everywhere you look human beings 
stupid. No, there's smarties that are doing yeah. cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. But they're also kind of like stupid on some yeah. stuff. And then there's dummies that are just dumb with everything. They're just running dumb around. Dumb it up. Just <laughs> dumb it all the fuck up. All right. Well, this was fun. Yeah. And th- this is over now. Yeah, it is. This has been like the trip through it's, cryptid land. It's been fun. Uh, uh, next week we will do some true happy, crime. Or happy, happy. Yeah, it'll be it'll be true crime next week. Yeah. Um, happy first episode of year two, season yeah. two. Fucking a. Yeah. A compendium of cryptid right? crapulence. It was just fun. Yeah, it was. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Yes. You guys know all the things. Thank mm-hmm. you to everyone that's smearing the scat. Yeah. Doing all the scat cast stuff. Mm-hmm. Toasted Turd Triad, Elder Turds, all you folk. Oh, everyone. To Chris, Don, and Bodie, thank you guys so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, to PJ and Minnie doing their thing. Yep. Garbage Disposal, Godhead, all you folks doing the stuff. Info at scatcast.com, mm-hmm. patreon.com forward slash scatcast. Mm-hmm. You can get our merch for what merch we have for the dipshit files mm-hmm. at scatcast.com. And as always, we'll talk at you in the future. It'll seem like the present. Bye. Bye. Files. Be- <laughs> 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 Be- <laughs> Be- <laughs>